What do you do when the government disrespects your faith and they try to force you to do something that is against your beliefs or they're teaching your children something in school that is against your faith? What do you do? 3,000 healthcare workers in America right now are suing the Biden administration for trying to force them to perform sex change surgeries. This is very important. I'm talking about this today on a segment called God versus Government. I'm also interviewing author Mark Hitchcock on his book, ISIS, Iran, Israel. In the end of days, we're talking about what's happening in the Middle East, also what's happening with Russia. And I'm answering your questions. I'm Jimmy Evans. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. Welcome to today's show. And as I said in the opening, I want to talk about this issue of when government disrespects your faith and what do you do? And right now we have, I'm going to read you some of this article from the Christian Post. It says 3,000 healthcare workers sue Biden administration over mandate forcing them to perform sex change surgeries. And this is by Michael Grabowski. Let me read you just a little bit about this. This says two associations representing 3,000 medical professionals and an individual doctor based in Tennessee have filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration's transgender mandate, arguing that it violates federal conscience protection laws. The American College of Pediatricians and the Catholic Medical Association, along with Dr. Jeannie Dassau of Chatt Chattanooga, filed the suit last week in the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Tennessee at Chattanooga. At issue in the court's case is the HHS's current interpretation of Section 1557 of the Affordable Care Act, which bars sex discrimination to include requiring doctors to perform elective gender trans transition procedures, including cosmetic surgeries such as double mastectomies, phlastopies, and orchiotomies, which is testicle removal. The, this case challenges whether the federal government can make medical doctors perform gender transition surgeries, prescribe gender transition drugs, and speak and write about patients according to gender identity rather than biological reality, regardless of doctors' medical judgment or conscientious objections, noted the introduction of the lawsuit. One little, other little uh, line I'll read here. Our clients are rightfully objecting on medical, ethical, religious, and conscientious grounds to this unlawful, government mandate to provide gender transition procedures. Well, let me first of all begin by saying the if a person is struggling with their gender, they deserve compassion. Uh, I don't want anything that I say in this segment to be interpreted as hate uh, or, you know, coming down on people who are struggling with with their sexuality because a lot of people are today and we have a we have an environment now that is literally fostering confusion. Let me give you an example of this because I'm going to read you an excerpt from an article in just a minute where in Scotland they're allowing four-year-olds to transition without their parents' knowledge. And so when you begin to introduce the concept to a child that they may be a different sex than what they are biologically, the parents are there to guide children, not to confuse them. And they need answers from parents, not questions. And so some parents are saying, well, I'm raising my child gender neutral and I'm going to let them decide. A four-year-old that can't decide whether to have a puppy is supposed to decide whether they're a male or a female. And 
If they have surgery, it cannot be reversed. So let me go to these doctors for just a minute. 3,000 healthcare workers are suing the Biden administration. Many more healthcare workers are involved in this. this. These are just the ones involved in the lawsuit. And they're saying, you cannot force us to perform these elective surgeries. Now, let me say, when you perform these uh, tr sexual transition uh, surgeries, no sex has been transitioned. When you do the cosmetic surgery, it is 100% cosmetic. When you take a man and you do all the testicle removal and the, the, the you know, breast implants, when you do everything you've done, all the hormone treatments, he's still a man. It's simply cosmetic. He looks like a woman now, but he's still a man. You do the same thing to a woman, she's still a woman. You haven't changed anyone's sex. It is all pretense. It's all uh, cosmetic. So, and it cannot be reversed. And this is the important point here. It's one thing to put makeup on or dress up like the opposite sex, because you can take that makeup off and you can change clothes. But when you take a child or even an adult and you cut off their genitals, you can't replace those genitals. And, 60 Minutes did a special, the very well-respected news organization, 60 Minutes did a special on the growing number of people who have regrets about their sex change surgery. There is a website I encourage you to go to. It's called sexchangeregret.com. And the man who has that site transitioned to a woman. Uh, his grandmother dressed him up in girl's clothing as a little boy, and it confused him sexually. He lived as a woman for many years finally came to Christ, realized that he was chasing the wrong thing, transitioned back, not physically, but just emotionally, transitioned back to being a man. And now he lives to help people avoid the same mistakes that he did. And on his website are the testimonies of the many, many people who had sex change surgeries and lived to regret it. 41%, this statistic is on his website, 41% of people who have sex change surgeries uh, attempt suicide afterwards. That doesn't sound like happy customers to me. And some people say, well, the reason they attempt suicide is because they're bullied. No, the reason that they commit, attempt suicide is because they woke up thinking that they would be different down there and they're dead down there. The sex change surgery didn't change their sex, it destroyed their sex. So you, if I'm a medical professional, which I'm not, but if I were a medical professional as a Christian and you put a child or an adult in my care and told me, that I had to do something to them that would destroy their sexuality and that was irreversible. I could not do it in conscience before God because the Hippocratic Oath says do no harm. Sex change surgeries do harm to people that cannot be reversed. And later on, and I'm thinking especially the little kids, it's one thing if an adult wants to do something, which is still wrong and bad, and no one should be forced to perform those surgeries. But for a child, a four, five-year-old, six-year-old child, I'm just saying, I'm just saying as a junior high kid, I would have said I was a girl to get in the girls' locker room. I'm just telling you right now, I wasn't a girl, but I would have said it. I promise I would have said it every day to get in the girls' locker room. I'm, all this stuff is so open to interpretation, is so open to abuse. And so this is something that has to be stopped. And now the government is saying you must do something against your conscience. Okay, you, you don't do it. I'm just, I'm just saying you just don't do it. And I applaud all the people standing up over this. I pray the Supreme Court, because it'll go to the Supreme Court. I pray that they will stand up for this, for uh, our religious freedoms and the freedom, of, uh, the freedom of speech and all the freedoms that are involved in this. But this has never been done before in the United States of America. Now, Obama tried it with abortion, but uh, 
President Trump repealed the mandate he tried to, to, to get doctors to perform abortions. President Trump repealed it, but now Biden's after it again. And so this is a big thing in the news. This is another article. Critics say Illinois' new sex ed guidelines promote abortion and sexualized students. This is from the Christian Post, Ryan Foley. Conservatives are criticizing the new sex education curriculum approved by Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, alleging that it will expose children to sexually charged content with an ideological agenda. Pritzker, a Democrat, signed Senate Bill 818 into law on August 20th. The legislation in part calls for the implementation of comprehensive personal health and safety and comprehensive sexual health education curriculum that aligns with the national sex education standards. In a statement, Pritzker called, praised the bill for modernizing our sex education standards. He predicted that the new curriculum will help keep our children safe and ensure important lessons, uh, lessons like content and internet safety are taught in the classrooms. State Representative Tony McCombie, a Republican, blasted the bill as not age appropriate, according to NR NPR. The goal of sex education is to help young people grow into healthier sexual relationships and healthier adults, McCombie was quoted as saying. This bill is not age appropriate. It is sexually charged. NPR Illinois reports that a handful of Democrats have voiced concern that the new standards include material that is too explicit for elementary and middle school students. I'm skipping down here. The nat national sex education standards call for students in kindergarten through second grade to, to define gender, gender identity, and gender role stereotypes and discuss the range of ways people express their gender and how gender role stereotypes may limit behavior. This is kindergarten through second grade, focused on gender. The curriculum, which is endorsed by LGBT advocacy group uh, GLSEN and the Human Rights Campaign, as well as abortion organizers like Planned Parenthood, also informs young students about different kinds of families, including those with cohabiting and same-gender parents. Students in fifth Third through fifth grades will learn about masturbation, as well as the role hormones play in the physical, social, cognitive, and emotional changes during adolescence, and the potential role of hormone blockers on young people who identify as trans transgender. That's third through fifth grade. Additionally, students will be expected to distinguish between sex assigned at birth and gender identity and explain how they may or may not differ. Define and explain differences between cisgender, transgender, gender non-binary, and gender expansive and gender identity. The curriculum teaches students in this age group that gender expression and gender identity exist along a spectrum. So that's what they want to teach uh, young children in Illinois. And so uh, to, it says that there is sexualizing them and teaching them about abortion. I, I'm just thinking about myself in this situation and I'm thinking, I honestly was 11 or 12 years old before the concept of sex was ever introduced to me. I never thought about it. Especially, you know, kindergarten first and second grade and things like that, you know, girls were ugly and who cared? And so it, I was, you know, almost a teenager before any of those things came to my mind. But imagine you're going to school and you're kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, and they're teaching you these things that just have absolutely nothing to do with the way you're living your life, except to confuse you and accept to indoctrinate you. And I'll say this to all the parents out there, because I know that a lot of parents are up in arms right now and they're going to school board meetings and good for you. A lot of good educators, a lot of good teachers, a lot of good school districts. But the ones that are trying to indoctrinate your children, 
you need to stand up to them and force them to change or take your child out of those schools. I would never in, my, in, a, in a million years allow my children to go to a school to be, uh, to be uh, indoctrinated and, and to be brainwashed like that. They are there to educate math, writing, reading, all those kinds of science, all those kinds of things. They are not there to take the place of the parent. And many of the school districts that are the most liberal, they think parents are stupid and they think they have to get that child away from you so that they can teach your child because you don't have the ability to teach your child. I'm saying you know more about your child than they will ever know. Now, this is a Scotland. Scotland to let pupils age four change gender without their parents' consent. Now, this is, this is true. The Scottish government has announced that children as young as four will be able to change their gender at school without their parents' consent under guidance introduced in the country. It was disclosed that any pupil who decides they want to switch gender must be supported and listened to in school following the Scottish government's advice. The guideline applies in primary schools where the youngest children are only age four or five because recognition and development of gender identity can occur at any age. That's what they're saying. It also tells teachers not to question a child who says they want to transition to live as a boy or a girl and instead ask for their new name and pronouns. Primary and secondary schools have also been told to put books featuring transgender people on a curriculum, allows pu pupils to choose which changing room or toilets to use and consider introducing a gender neutral uniform. The guidance was branded shocking and led to concerns that children are being allowed to make life changing decisions at too young an age. The advice says some young people are exploring their gender identity in primary settings Primary schools need to be able to meet the needs of these young people to ensure a safe, inclusive, and respectful environment in which to learn. A section on changing name and re recorded sex says children simply need to tell others informally that they want to use a different name and they don't need to record this formally on their official school record. Advice to school staff on what to do if a child wants to discuss their gender includes asking what name and pr pronoun you should use to address them. So they're not telling the parents. They're very careful not to tell the parents. So in Scotland, the children can go to school, change their sexual identity at school, and the parents never know about it. Again, secretive from the parents. You say that couldn't happen in America. It happened in America. And this is an article from Prophecy News Watch. It says, schools helping students to gender transition without parents' knowledge. This is by Tony Perkins, written March 1st of 2020. Imagine dropping your son off at school, never knowing that he lives a completely different existence as a girl for eight hours a day, and everyone knows it but you. And not only do teachers know it, but they go to great lengths to hide it. That's the reality in Madison, Wisconsin, where moms and dads have been furious to find out that not only is the district keeping their children's gender expression a secret, but there's an elaborate scheme in place to keep parents from ever finding out. Most kids can't take an Advil at school without getting their parents' permission but they can create a whole new identity without anyone calling home. Thanks to a policy passed on April 2018, this is new normal for anyone in Madison Public Schools and unlike, any, and unlike other areas of the country who've had to deal with the rogue principal here or there, this is a systemic district-wide campaign to lie to parents and exploit their children. Under the district's official policy, a girl or boy of any age can transition to a different gender identity at school completely confidentially. They can go to the, their teacher and demand to be called a new name or pronoun, even, if a, even use a different bathroom without their parents okay. Even more amazingly, the, different is, the district is forcing teachers and staff to take the lead in deceiving these families. 
Madison's policies ordered them to keep up appearances by using the kids' given names and pronouns whenever their parents are around. If a school employee is concerned that this new identity is creating problems or hurting the child, too bad. They're forbidden from bringing it up with the parents. So the, the government is now trying to force uh, us to do things medically against our will and they're trying to take our children against our knowledge and against our will and to indoctrinate them in something that could absolutely destroy the rest of their lives, sexually confuse them, even lead them to sex change surgeries uh, that destroy their sexuality that cannot be undone later on. And so I'm saying in the book of Daniel, and this is an end times book in Daniel chapter three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are told by King Nebuchadnezzar that they must bow down to a 90 foot statue of, and worship it. And of course they won't do it, they're Jews and they won't worship any God but God. And so they are told if they won't worship that image, they're gonna be thrown into the fiery furnace. And they answered and said, we will not bow down and worship that image because God will, uh, God will re rescue us. Even if he doesn't, we will not bow down and worship that image. They were thrown in the furnace. Jesus, the fourth man in the furnace, he met them there, saved them. They came out of the furnace with, without even their clothes smelling like smoke. And uh, the king acknowledged that God was God. It was, it was a fantastic thing. Daniel, uh, King Darius uh, told him, or the, they set him up, uh, literally other leaders did, to where no one could pray to anyone except King Darius for 30 days. But Daniel opened the windows of his house and prayed three times a day. When he was found out, they threw him in the lion's den. And of course, God saved him from the lions. And later on, the men who you know, set him up were thrown into the lion's den and they were killed. In both instances, God came through for people who are willing to stand up for God versus government. This is not an anti-government speech. I'm not against the government. I'm against the government when they come against my faith. I have a most holy faith that guides my life. It is more important to me than anything else. And before I am an American, I am a Christian. Before I serve any president, I serve Jesus Christ. And I don't want to in any way be rebellious or disrespectful toward my government. But when my government comes against my faith, when my government begins to try to indoctrinate my children against me and my faith, that's when I stand up. And I'm encouraging everyone that you're watching this right now. This is a time not to be rude, not to be mean spirited, not to be inappropriate, but it's a time to stand for your faith. This is a time for courage in very, very evil times when the government is trying to cause us to do something that is against our faith and trying to lead our children in uh, ways that are against our faith. We need to stand up. We need to insist on respect. And if it comes down to it, uh, and if they, some people are gonna lose their jobs. If the Supreme Court sides with the Biden administration, there's gonna be a lot of healthcare workers lose their jobs. And I'm saying I would lose my job before I would lose my faith. I would lose my job. I would take my children out of school and homeschool them before I would let them uh, you know, indoctrinate my children and teach them against my faith. This is a time for courage. This is a time for resolve. I believe Jesus is coming soon. I hope very, very soon. But in the meantime, we are facing now a government that disrespects our faith that we must stand against in an appropriate manner. We must stand against. And I'm about to uh, interview Dr. Mark Hitchcock on his book, ISIS, Iran, and Israel. And let me just give you now, show you a preview of this clip. So do you think that today Israel qualifies as a land of unwalled villages living in peace? Or do you think that 
maybe it, it doesn't qualify yet for that. Well, yeah, a lot of my friends that are, you know, Bible teachers, prophecy scholars think they are. You know, they say you go to Israel today, they're, they're prosperous, you know, they're, they're living securely, they're at rest. But, you know, when there's people all around the country, you know, soldiers getting on and off buses, you know, everywhere you go, they're carrying weapons. Uh, the, I place the timing of this Gog-Magog invasion during the first half of the tribulation period. Well, that interview is coming up. Now, we're about to go to the subscriber-only portion of the Tipping Point show. And if you're not a subscriber, I would encourage you $7 a month, $77 a year. We would love to have you become a subscriber because most of what we do now on the Tipping Point show is for subscribers only. $7 a month, $77 a year. If you sign up for the monthly, the first month is free. So you can check us out here. I hope that you'll become a subscriber. If you are a subscriber, stay tuned. Now, you cannot watch the full program on YouTube. If you're a subscriber, you have to go to endtimes.com and go on there to watch the entire program or respond to the emails that we send to you as subscribers. But if you're a subscriber, stay tuned. I'll see you in just a minute.